How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? CuriosityStream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, get the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com slash gift. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome to our desert island. I am Luke, captain of the island, for some reason, just because I have the uniform. Do islands have my... captains? This one well, yeah, does. Would you be more of a chief? No, oh, but true. if the ship has wrecked yeah. on the beaches, yeah. then he would have been the captain of the ship that's wrecked. Why would? And that's why we're on the desert. Are island. you saying I would be a bad captain? Is that what you're saying? Well, if you let your ship wreck, then probably yeah. Okay, I'm Luke, chief of our island. Uh, Matt's here, my second in command. How well, come he gets to be second in command? Because it's your island. This oh, week, well, it's then your then island. The island. Get the hell off my <laughs> island, you <laughs> I don't know where I sit on the island anymore. These are the dramas that shaped us. Spinoza. Descartes. Hobbes. Locke. Freud. Adler. Young, Mayor, Sullivan, Pony, Pablo. End of lecture. The dramas that defined us. As part of a new initiative christened Truth and Reconciliation, following a miscarriage of justice, parties are invited to engage in dialogue to initiate the healing process. There seems to be an oversight. Some of the officers involved in my wrongful conviction are missing. Superintendent Hastings, as senior investigating officer, represents the whole team. Well, I want them here. Well, this new box you need to tick just... Oh, won't get ticked. This is Desert Island Dramas. You still don't get it, do you? Huh. See about your money, bro. The boy gave you up. That's right. And we ain't had to torture his ass neither. From the team at the Custard TV Podcast. I'm Luke, editor and runner of the website thecustardtv.com, joined as always by Matt in the north. Hello. And Gary, who this week is completely in the spotlight. Welcome to Desert Island Dramas, ten shows that we feel, each one of us, has shaped our love of television, shaped us maybe as people, if it's not too melodramatic, and really had a deep effect on what we enjoy on that there telly box. Gary, you got to go first. I think that's difficult. Yeah, I wasn't sure. When you said I was going to go first, I wasn't quite sure whether whether that was a good thing or a bad thing. Because by the time we get to mine, or, or Matt's even, if this hasn't worked out, then we can change the format for Matt and I. I'm literally an island guinea pig. You're literally a guinea pig on the island. Everybody watches telly. Yep. 
But why are you somebody who wants to talk about it on a podcast and, you know, why are you doing this as opposed to just watching telly like everybody else does? Good question. I've always been quite... have had heavy opinions about what I've seen or watched on television. I'm, I'm very close to my, 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 my uncle who lives in uh, Bournemouth on the south coast. And he started to get me into kind of US drama a long time ago. He and I would talk regularly on the phone about things that we had seen. And, and, and that goes back to, to two shows that are on my list, which I'll come to and, and explain more about them yeah. when we get to them. But we would always, always have conversations that were almost like podcasts. We yeah. would talk about the shows that we had seen. We would say, oh, you ought to try this, you ought to try that. And it kind of grew from there. And then we did do a very short-lived podcast. I got into podcasting through um, Ian Lee, a radio presenter who started doing them. And podcasts were very easy to do. You just needed a microphone and some sort of recording device and you can upload it onto the internet and others can hear it and, you know, tell you what you think. They think of your, you know, your style or your opinions. And we did a very short lived podcast called the TV Drama Club, which was, in my opinion, was the predecessor to this in my mind for me. Because we didn't, we did kind of more kind of like the style that we did. We did news and reviews. We didn't kind of do anything else that we do. There's not the comedy element, of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but, but, which is ironic because you bring most of yeah, that. Yeah, you bring with the your... comedy element. Well, we did try and do it very straight laced, which you know didn't really work out. Which is why it was short lived. But to this day, <laughs> as I, I've mentioned on the other podcast a few times, he buys and sells TV DVD box sets on eBay. His business is knowing what's good and bad to know what's to, to, to buy and to sell. You were watching American stuff because you watched that with him or you preferred yeah. that and then I came on board and said you should watch some English stuff, then you did and your horizon was I think I was, was always watching slightly. stuff, but I don't think I'd ever enjoyed it as much. I think what you did, and, and as I say, is you kind of said, right, you should try this, right, you seem to like this, why don't you try this? It's kind of like mm. that idea that Someone that begins to know you says, right, I think you'd really like... This is why this list is going to be my favourite, because I have no idea still what you, what Gary definitely will like and what def Gary uh, definitely won't like. I think I'm better on comedies. I think I know what he'll definitely like and what he definitely won't like. But think... when you watched all of 13 and all of Critical, mm. I was quite surprised. Yeah, you and I met through another website that we were both writing for... And we did a whole kind of like, there was this whole thing where I live in the UK, but like US television at the time, you lived in the US and like yeah. UK television. And that yeah. was the basis of our first podcast, wasn't it? Almost trying to convince the other that we were better. That Since Matt has joined, he has, I, I sometimes feel like you and I are the opposite. And Matt sometimes can be the middling. Yeah. And but also, actually, you were both broad and... Well, yeah, I no, think... but I, that's not always correct. But I also think Matt has also... There's a show on here which I think I think very much Matt has been the champion of in our group to start yeah. with as well. I feel like you and I have broadened each other's horizons. Matt has broadened mine further. I don't feel like we've had any impact on him at all. So I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to, to seeing how his list yeah, is. Yeah, um, apart from when you get me to watch something god-awful. Yeah, but I enjoy that. I That's hate, more for I me than you. you. It makes Brilliant. me hate you a little bit more every day. So... <laughs> That was the most loving you've ever sounded, and it was so awful. <laughs> do you want to do it chronologically, or do you want to do um, it in a ten-to-one? I mean, How I've, do you I've, want to do I've your list? It, I think I've done it one to ten, in the sense that I think I've done it. Some of them are more how I 
experience them at the time of my life and things like that. So you be the driver of your own list. Can I drop a few all all very nearly made it's on you? I did do a very comprehensive list. I think I've got about 25 shows here. But I think just some of them... But some of them dipped in quality in later years. Do you think some of them will be on our lists? Mm, One or two, but not... No, I'd say maybe there's a chance that two of them will be on your list. And I have tried to go for shows which either I've completed... Or, or... <laughs> it should be about six shows on them. <laughs> or, or that I am still watching. Oh, okay. I mean, I, okay. I, I, okay. So that, that will become obvious later on. The number one show that didn't make it is The Bridge. Um, and oh. I think the reason oh. that it, it didn't make the list is because... I, I don't know. I, I find oh, the whole wow. Scandinavian. I find Nordic noir very interesting. I find it gripping. I find it fascinating. But when I look back on it, I don't have it in the same way that I do these other shows. It's great Fair while enough. I'm watching it. I don't reminisce as much about it as I do the other shows. Wow, okay. For the same reason, I, I that thought I've... that was going to be on your list, so that's interesting. Well, yeah, I thought you did as well. I, I would have thought you would as well. The other one, which um, I don't think either of you would have particularly picked it unless you know me quite well, is Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Yeah, I'm yeah. not a huge Star Trek fan, but for some reason, uh, a lot of the other Star Treks were more kind of like episode of the week. You know, they land on a planet or whatever. This was the one that was all sort of grounded in the one setting, wasn't it? it was Correct, like... yeah. And it was just so political. You know, you had all different... You had Romulans and Kardashians. It was Kardashians. <laughs> I don't say it wrong. Just one. Kim, Chloe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I knew uh, they all came from another planet. And the Dominion, which was the um, the race beyond the wormhole. And it was just so fascinating. And in its last three seasons, in fact, its last four seasons, just that storyline was, was brilliant. And there... In the last season, really, there was only two standalone episodes. The rest of it was all to do with this one storyline. I mean, that was it. The other one that I would say, and as I say, it's one which uh, we all probably, up to the last episode of Series 1, hold very dear, and it is Broadchurch. Ah, okay. It didn't make the list for the purposes of the fact that Series 2 was a disappointment compared to Series 1, I will admit that. But the thrill of Series 1... And and actually, I think actually, I know we're still doing the podcast, but that was kind of, I feel like that was a real peak for us. Yes, I agree. The whole build up to the series, you know, and it it, it gripped this country. Let's face yeah. it, it, you know, it was on the front of newspapers, it was it was, was it? water cooler moments. Yeah, I think I think you know it was on it, it got uh, it was certainly time, on the front maybe. of the Radio Times. It certainly sort of garnered a lot of buzz around our, our, the website you know Luke yeah. did a couple of interviews didn't you you had Chris Chibnall on before the sort of whole yeah. it caught people's imaginations and stuff like that and it was a drama a British drama that a lot of people talked about that you don't get a lot with British dramas it's mainly American dramas that get that sort of buzz so I may re-watch it one day but it's one of those things where I look back on now and all I can think of is oh they ruined it so much in my eyes. Well, I will, um, I will come on to my number 10 then, because it has strong links to Broadchurch. It's a superior whodunit, which I don't think either of you two would potentially pick. But it's the first series of Murder One. Now, this Ooh. was a, a, a series in America in the sort of mid to late 90s that was shown on BBC Two over here. And it was one concurrent storyline all the way through a 24-episode series. That being uh, the killing of somebody and and the subsequent sort of who done it, 
there aren't many people in that series that have begun gone on to be really famous. I mean, uh, the lead actor was quite well known as a bit actor in America, but really this was his starring role. And if anything, I mean, the the, the kind of guy that you thought it was was a character called Neil Avedon, who was playing like a celebrity who allegedly had raped and killed this woman, which obviously now resonates more now in modern culture than it did then, you know, with the advent of things like TMZ, you know, there are these kind of sensational celebrity moments. But I think this was prior to all of that, probably not prior to the internet, but probably prior to the internet fascination we have now. Where were you at this point of your life? I think I was probably living at home. I I, I think I was probably living. I don't mind. No, I think I might have been in the first home I lived at outside, you know, the first sort of, you know, digs outside of parents house and again this was a lot through my uncle you know he was like oh, i've seen the first episode of this you really need to see it and i i managed to watch it i think they showed it on a a saturday night and then repeated it through the night on a thursday or something like that you know like bbc2 used to do and it mm. built steam you know they, they managed to get something which everybody wanted to watch it built up towards the end where i think actually they started giving it if not a prime time first viewing then a prime time you know second viewing it was a unique in a whodunit because it had a satisfying ending and it wasn't yeah. telegraphed. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, it was clearly him. It was a shock and a surprise at the end. Do you think if you went back and watched it now, it would hold up? I'm not sure. I think some of the love of Broadchurch is the we don't know who done it until that final episode. Uh, and I don't know with Murder One whether the same because, of course, now that I remember who done it, will I enjoy it as much? And I don't know. The second series was terrible. Uh, <laughs> uh, they never should have done it. They went on and did a different lead investigator in a completely different case, and it would didn't that, work. Would that have been Murder 2? Well, it, it was called Murder 1. This Chapter is why two. Matt's here. The comedy yeah. value. Puntastic. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's my, my first entry on the list. Did you watch more American stuff with your family as well when you were at home, or did you watch... No, funnily enough, my dad kind of got more into American stuff after I moved out, because, again, I would recommend things to him. He really likes action stuff, so I got him watching 24... In fact, actually, my dad had prostate cancer. There's there's no sort of, you know, I'm not going to go to... And he spent a lot of time off work um, when he was having his stuff. I bought him about six series of the uh, of, um, of 24 to watch, and he loved it, because I know he likes an action drama. Um, so mm. he really got into that and Prison Break, which isn't on my list. That that was a surprise because I don't think you've ever brought that up in our company. I think well, he has. I think I think I have, before. but it, it, it's it's certainly one of the it's certainly one of the oldest shows on my list. Although there are two that most likely predate it a little bit. I will move on now to um, a science fiction show. I am a bit of a sci-fi fan. There's a couple on number my list nine, different. is it, Gary? Number nine, number nine. It's Fringe. Oh, uh, which you only relatively recently completed. Yes, uh, about, it was more like about 18 months ago that I finished Series 5. Series 5 was, was drastically cut down uh, because of the fact that Fox had decided that the show wasn't as popular, which was a shame. It's a J.J. Abrams created show. This was what he did after he left Lost. But to be fair, it's actually mostly Daniel Orkey and Alex Kurtzman's show and the idea behind it is that fringe science is very much a part of investigations now a lot of people will call this a sort of poor man's x-files and to some extent the similarities are there in the sense of the weird and the wild fringe had much more of a linear storyline 
much more of a of a narrative behind it. No sort of like, oh, aliens are coming. Actually, everything that was weird was shown on the show and everything was weird. The fact that you communicated with a parallel universe through a typewriter, uh, the fact that you went through a parallel universe into the 13th floor of for the uh, Twin Towers, all were added to the mystery of this show. These are Gary's Desert Island dramas. When did these episodes start? How did they feel? First was Susan Pratt's body, then it was in Brawls's office, the other on the street. The same people, the same places, but bleak. Yeah. The city was on fire. There's another possibility. It's a bit complicated. Deja vu. It wasn't deja vu, Walter, not even close. Not typical, protracted deja vu, prolonged. What, you're familiar with the... the pliability of space-time, yes? Of course, who isn't? Well, let me explain. Most of us experience life as a, a linear progression. It's like this. But this is an illusion because every day life presents us with an array of choices. As a result, life should look more like this. And each choice leads to a new path to go to work to stay home and that each choice we take creates a new reality do you understand yes but what does it have to do with deja vu deja vu is is is, is simply a, a momentary glimpse to the other side almost everyone experiences it we feel that we've been somewhere before because actually we have in another reality it's another path the road not taken this is desert island dramas from the team at the custard tv podcast the main actor in it for me and oh gosh i really should have looked up these names uh, thank you very much he played uh, that's also why matt's here that's also why matt's (laughs) here yes basically he is the fringe you know he is the guy that for years has been working on uh, using LSD drugs and things like that to recall people's memories, all the kind of fringe science things, you know, using animals uh, to help with the memory remembrance and, you know, That's going to Francis, yeah. Uh, and I just thought the whole thing was great. It was full of action uh, and there were fantastic scientific moments. You know, when they went over to the alternative universe, it blew my mind a bit. I have to say i'm a good lover of science fiction and this was a good one uh yeah the quality unfortunately did dip in series four and five um and the whole of series five was in an alternative universe uh and some characters are in the future as well so it did dip in quality a bit unfortunately but uh, there was some the great only moments. issue i ever have with sci-fi is if you're not a sci-fi fan you just can't enjoy anything sci-fi. Like if you're not a crime drama fan, you might be able to enjoy something like Happy Valley or Broadchurch because you get mm. sucked into the intrigue. But if you're not a sci-fi fan and it's about going to different, you know, destinations every week, it, you, I don't know. Yeah, you're either somebody who can suspend that reality or not. I suppose as a what viewer. What think I of that, know. Matt? I mean, it, I've never really heard you speak much about sci-fi. Yeah, no, I agree with... Uh, with uh... Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. 
That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Luke, to an extent. I mean, I, I like sci-fi when it plays on a certain concept, a certain fear that we have, you know, not just sort of like aliens just generally there. I, w- so I would think humans is the closest I've yeah, come to I, a sci-fi I prefer show. something, <laughs> if we're talking sort of sci-fi movies, I prefer something like a sort of Close Encounters of the Third Kind where it focuses on the human's reaction to the aliens than something mm, like Star right. Wars where it's all... Yeah, it's all yeah. different. Yeah, I quite like the the more kind of what's known as the genre known as space opera, where basically mm-hmm. you just like take so. a drama. Yeah, you take a drama and set it in another universe mm-hmm. and another world, like, like um, Deep Space Nine, like you mentioned. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, number eight. This was Luke's suggestion for me, was it? and I took it and I loved it, and it was Silk. Uh, oh when, wow! Okay. When Luke recommended this, actually, it was the beginning of series two, and I think uh, mm. you had challenged me to watch it. Uh, yeah. for the show and I watched the first episode and really really liked it it's a a, a, a courtroom drama set around a, a particular law firm or, or you know um, chambers. Or, uh, yeah chambers, chambers yeah. and despite my best attempts to uh, discredit her Maxine Peake is fantastic <laughs> uh, in this uh, yeah. as, is, as, is Rupert Henry, as is Rupert Penry Jones and Neil Stook uh, and I think those three are the main uh, main sort of reasons that I came back every week and watched it I did actually go back and watch series one uh, on DVD. I bought it because I loved series two so much. You know, that, I think, was the first time that I surprised Luke, wasn't it? I think I said, well, I've watched series yeah, one. You went, what? Yeah, because it had Nat- Natalie Dormer, who'd gone yes. on to, obviously, Game of Thrones. I've never it was a very different, Dormer. Di- different, different series in one than two. And yeah. I would say even three is a different series to, to two. I mean, I haven't rewatched Silk since it ended. But I loved it as well. I hope that it, if I watched it again, it would hold up. I, I think, think it would. Yeah. I, I think, think it would as well. In, in two, they learnt from the mistakes of one. Um, because one, I think they focused too much on the younger characters, as you mentioned, Natalie yeah. and Tom mm. Hughes. Whereas they took the the basic things of what worked in series one. And in series two, they brought in the Phil Davis character. They brought in Francis Barber. And I think it really worked a lot, a lot more. As you say, once they kind of peeled away the the younger characters and, and the things that are outside, once they dealt with the actual cases, that's what drew me in uh, a bit more. Gary's Desert Island Dramas. This is the silk robing room. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. You look 20 years younger than you. Proper women at the bar need to stick together. C.W. Martha Costello. Well, you're for Brendan Kay. I'm prosecuting you. They call you Lady Macbeth. Do you know that? Don't say that name in here. I thought that was the actors in theatres. What do you think this is? 
Who do you think we are? These aren't ordinary dramas. These are desert island dramas. The dramas that shaped us. Because as much as it was case of the week, like a lot of these law dramas oh, yeah. are, it was also character-driven and... That's the beauty of the BBC, where you've got the full hour to tell a good law case story and focus on the characters outside of it without feeling like, oh, we'll we'll, we'll chuck some characters in while we've got the time, when really Mm. Maxine Peake and Rupert Pemberley Jones and Neil Stoop were... I thought Neil Stoop was fantastic in this. My dad was a clerk. Lovely old chancery set in Lincoln's Inn. He got me in a clerk in when I left school. Friend of a friend. Wait. Didn't know it at the time. My old man was ill. Bowel cancer. Came into chambers the afternoon he died. Just got on with it. That's what he would have wanted. And for an hour I felt more alone than I've ever felt. Then it was five o'clock and you lot all came in from court. And I watched you come in and I knew that this is my family. Was it series two where you started to get the, the, the idea of the fact that yes. you had cancer? I tell you what stood out to me about Silk as well is I I'm, I'm pretty certain I'd watched other Lord dramas, but this one, it really seemed to be unapologetic for putting you in the world and not explaining it you sort of have to learn what that world was and what things meant as you went along it didn't drip feed you oh this is what a chambers is and this is who these people are and this is this he didn't really explain what silk was you had to really pay attention and, and get to the point of what everything was and i really appreciated that but again at the end it sort of faded off. They so. didn't end it in a way which, which you know, it certainly didn't leave you wanting more, and we're not going to get any more as far as we know. There was some talk of a Radio 4 drama that never appeared. No, um, it did appear, but it oh, was did just... It, it was about the clerks, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, oh, right. uh, um, Theo Bartman Biggs' character. And... Oh, fair enough. Yeah. I, I never even sort of heard that it... I never even sort of heard it. Series 2 and Series 3 would hold up the ones that ring out in my mind is again she went and did she went and did one didn't she do one in the military she went mm, a mili- yeah. mil- out on a military base and that again when you take a character a strong character like Maxine Pete's character and you take her out of the environment and put her somewhere else and she still manages to shine I think that's incredible well when I ever think about it I think of you because it's the one time Aww. when I did used to <laughs> yeah but it's not always good I, that's why I've never rewatched it um... <laughs> but um I I do have them all on DVD and they are all on Netflix as well if if yeah. anyone wants to go back and and rewatch them. But it's the first show I remember saying watch this and I don't even remember why I recommended it. I just thought it was a really no, solid. I, I show think well you at the time. you'd seen series one and really liked it. You had an interview with one of the cast or one of the writers. I did, yeah. And yeah. I think you oh, were like, please watch it, you know, because I'd really like to talk about it. You know, there are. You know, you, you, we've said this before. You run a website and you get interviews and you say, please, can yeah. you watch things? Because, you know, it's good yeah. for the good for the show and the and the site. Yeah. I got the impression that you wanted me to watch this because this was your kind of like, oh, please watch it. I think you'll like it. That's what I'm saying. I think you, yeah. you knew I'd I like remember it. the score being really good on Soap. The music. Yeah. Actually, you keep talking. I'm just going to put it on. I'm going <laughs> to watch the first, <laughs> I'm gonna watch yeah, the yeah. Next first come episode. Back. Come back. Come yeah. back. So number seven. 
is an American police procedural drama that lasted five series. It's The Wire. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> now, The Wire You had was an real... interesting history with this, didn't you? Yeah, The Wire was a real labour of love for you, me. You uh, wore out your subtitles, button. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> that poor lady in the corner must have known what hit her. <laughs> she was running around like mad. This was one <laughs> where I, re- I remember... Do you remember when um, it first like Love Film came out and you could get DVDs through the post? I did the same thing with The Wire. Yeah, everybody recommended this show. And I don't even think I had cable television at the time. I don't think I had FX or FX whatever channel it was on. Not my uncle at this point. This was other people recommended. He said, oh, you got to watch this. It's great. So I think I got the first two discs of Series 1 through Love Film. And I sat and I watched the first episode and nothing happens. And it's true. No, nothing of any You need note. to send that one back, Gary. I don't think it was working. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I yeah. don't, yes. <laughs> See this? This the kingpin. All right? He the man. You get the other dude's king, you got the game. So how do you get to be the king? It ain't like that. See the king, stay the king. All right? All right. What about them little bald-headed bitches right there? The pawns, man, in the game, they get capped quick. They'd be out the game early. These are Gary's Desert Island dramas. It's very hard to pick up the language. It's it's set in Baltimore and it is all to do with the drug culture of of you know buying and selling and pushing and supplying drugs and the fight by the by the police force to try and break up these gangs and, and in the way in which in the first series they set up a task force, mostly through sort of a comedy of errors and a bunch of idiots that come together led by uh, some people who seem to know what they're doing and then a few sort of rough kind of diamonds that come together and actually put the group into a really good position. And they do that via phone tapping, hence the name The Wire. They find that the way in which a lot of these drug dealers communicate is via burner phones or pay or pay phones. So that's kind of how the show starts. It's very hard to start if you don't understand the language and the and the terminology. I remember watching it then and thinking oh this is rubbish sent it back i remember that the guardian gave away the first episode on a a streaming service this was before netflix and uh, they did it on their website and i remember watching that with my uncle and saying to him oh no go on let's give this a go i tried it but it was rubbish he then got into it basically he bought the first i'm just thinking do you think we've made a massive mistake do you think we should have gary's uncle on the podcast (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) I'm just thinking, whether, you know, because Gary gets all this. This is very historic. This will be the last podcast you hear from Gary next week. <laughs> it's Gary's yeah. list and Gary's final appearance. So, <laughs> sorry, go on. Go on, Gary. I'm sorry. Carry on. And basically, he bought the first box set and he did the smart thing, and that was using the subtitles. And then, as soon as I did that, and I probably only needed them for about the first six episodes of series one, I was in. Once you understand the terminology you are in this is a slow developing story i've even bought the book which the show was written on by david simon who also was involved in homicide life on the street which is another great series in each series he goes at a certain type of culture in baltimore so in series one it is the drug culture series two is the the failing area of the docks around baltimore and the fact that it was full of crime then you have one about the school system uh, one about uh, the again about the police system, and the final one about the media. It's just fantastic. There's a huge cast, absolutely massive ensemble cast. I think only a few other shows can really kind of say they have this many people in it. And it made stars out of Dominic West, the, sort of the main star of the show, 
Jimmy McNulty, in which he puts on a very good American accent for a very posh British guy. You guys, I, I don't know whether you guys have actually stuck with this. I have not seen Series 5. I own all five. I have not right. seen five. Two was a real... I mean, I enjoyed one. I did, based upon your recommendation, I did do subtitles. Perhaps not for the first six, but right. for the first one I, or two. I, I will not say much on this this week. I'll okay. Um, two was a real slog. Three I liked because it went back and sort of over. And then four... I really enjoyed, but then when I looked into five and started to talk to people, they went, "Oh, you don't want to do five. Nobody ever talks about five. Five. And oh, I just five thought, is possibly one that, of the week. No. Yeah, but, but I'm talking to people I trust and respect. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the thing, the thing that intrigued me about series two is that it did reset everything. It was almost as if series one didn't happen for half the year. Yeah, it was just not and that, as compelling. And that, I think, was very purposeful storytelling by the writer. Was you know things do change, things move on, things don't always stay the same. But then I think perhaps he thought, well, I don't want to alienate my my viewers. I'll to go back to what yeah. is good and go back to it. In do series you three. think this was your first experience of HBO? Yeah, proper experience of HBO. I don't remember the terminology whether the Sopranos was before this or after that. Uh, but yeah, I think this was very much my, my first foray into Sopranos that. was before. Yeah. I'd kind of watched The Sopranos and thought, oh yeah, I'll, either I'll come back to it or, you know, this isn't for me and, and never really have sort of finished it. There is, a t- there is a fact that this is the first show that I could say that I binged watched. Oh, I, really? I, I ran through pretty much all five series, one after another. Because uh, now, now I don't see you, I mean, you've got this... You've not only got this list, but you've got an even bigger list of shows that you are planning to go back to <laughs> yeah. when you're reincarnated. I, 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 I dare, I dare yeah. even, sometimes I don't, don't open that list because it's like, oh no. Yeah. This you went back to, so that's, yeah. that is good. But I what think, made you go back each time? Well, it was I, like you again, wanted think, to like uh, it. If enough people tell you to watch a show, eventually you must give in. And I think, <laughs> Unless I think, it's me and Matt. <laughs> well, no, but I think, look look at what... Well, I have to point to the, 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 the Peaky Blinders experience that we've recently yeah. had. Here yeah, is a show that everybody's been going on about. And okay. finally, you went back and watched it because we all did. And now, where are you? You're up to date, aren't you? I'm, I'm waiting for Series 4. Exactly. Yeah, so it, so, it does I mean, happen. It, it does happen. I think eventually, if enough of the right people say you need to watch something, then you do end up yeah. watching it. We do feel like there's there's less time to watch things now because there's so much stuff, and that was a time mm. where yeah. you wouldn't have been missing out on a lot had you decided. Well, to possibly a social life, but let's not go there. Yeah, well, we've none of us have got <laughs> that. Overrated. The box sets to binge on our desert island. You listening? The dramas we couldn't live without. Unbelievable! These are Gary's Desert Island Dramas. I like it. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes for the latest episodes of the Custard TV podcast. Number six is the second sci-fi programme. It's Battlestar Galactica. This is the remake uh, in the mid-2000s rather than the original in the late 1970s. This kind of kicked off this idea that you can go back and start to remake old shows and, and, and really give them a new twist. And there were a lot of people very sceptical about this when it came out, mostly because it did major things like Starbuck uh, in the original, who was played by uh, the face from 18, Benedict. Uh, and it was then going to be played by um, a woman, Katie Sackoff. Um, and, and, and they changed a lot of other things as well, you know, and, and a lot of people didn't like it. But there was a, a mini-series which was basically around the whole idea of the Cylons attacking Earth. And it kind of blew people away, and it certainly blew me away, because it was so political and it was so different. 
throughout its five series, they dealt a lot with uh, terrorism. They dealt with um, uh, racism. They dealt with sexuality. In a space drama, I think this was the first time they really dealt with big issues like that. In, in what was, I know it wasn't a network show, but it, it certainly was a frontline show that a lot of people were watching and talking about. I absolutely adored this. There's an episode in the first series that's called 42. And the reason it's called 42 is every 42 minutes, the Cylons jump into where the Battle of Galactica is every 42 seconds. So they have to get ready every 42 minutes, sorry, to jump into hyperspace to get away from the Cylons. And it's a wonderful piece of television because it's a, such a simple concept. But, of course, in the early part of the show, it's like, yeah, we're really up for this. We can beat the Cylons. And then as it goes on and on, you realise it's every 42 minutes. It's it's terrifying and it's so psychological and it begins to drain them. And, and it's just you can't you can't see how they're ever going to get out of it. And it's very clever how they get That's out of it. That's what I was talking about, that, that sort of sci-fi rather than sort of... Yeah. Say, that, that sort of concept, that sort of episode would probably appeal to me. I've never seen this, but... Yeah. That is the sort of sci-fi that would appeal to me. The way in which it keeps itself fresh is it didn't actually feature Cylon robots like the one from the 70s. The Cylons had found a way to have robots that looked like humans. Uh, and, and, and the main thing throughout the series was who's a, who's a human and who's a Cylon. And how many, you know, once you had one Cylon, you had many Cylons. You know, they were all, uh, you know, they could all replicate themselves and things like that. And the, the one thing was the, the very attractive uh, Cylon. Was it Nine? Was it seven? No, it wasn't seven of nine. What was her name? Voyager. Well, no, no, no. There was a very famous uh, blonde, sexy Cylon. Seven uh, eleven. The, 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 the seven eleven. <laughs> and, Four and... of one and, and ten of the other. <laughs> yeah. Six of one and She was. She was actually a sort of like number six. Six. Thank you very Fisher much. That's the prisoner, isn't it? That's yeah. A different show. She was basically inside one of the lead characters, Baltar's head all the time. <laughs> I wonder what you could boom stack about you. Yeah. I think the other thing, the reason I like this is that it was heavy on the politics. You, you did have not only the kind of the, the, the battle star side of it, you know, the, 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 the battle against the Cylons, there was political wrangles. It featured a, a, a politician who was not a leader, but was thrust into the role. President was like the um, foreign, no, she wasn't even the foreign secretary. She was like the agriculture secretary. But then everybody got killed, so she was the president, you know. And I like that concept. I like that idea of forced leadership on you and what it, what it does to people. Um, so there you uh, are. That's if... that's my number six. But what number was it that we were trying to remember? Oh, six. <laughs> so the show was not <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> ironic. And the woman was and six. Mate, they are. The and irony is the favorite episode was forty-two. If you're playing bingo today on the podcast. And there was also yeah. an episode of The Wire called 30, if you're keeping up with the number episode. And we mentioned 13 yeah. earlier in the podcast, so... Uh, <laughs> house! Oh, no, that's another show. Um, that in the list. <laughs> no, that's on the almost list, along with 24. Okay. And then the number! <laughs> Discover, this is Daniela. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just want to thank you for making me feel so special. I earned cash back on debit for my dinner party groceries. That's great. But with Discover Cashback Debit, we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases. Anything else I can help you with? Do you like asparagus and mushroom sorbet? I've got leftovers. Introducing Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account with cash back. It pays to discover. Eligibility in terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> Number five is the second of the two British shows. And no surprises here. It is the excellent line of duty. Was DCC tried and known to you in purely a professional capacity? No. It won't be on that. This alleged relationship with Deputy Chief Constable Dryden. Alleged. Describe this alleged relationship. It began when we worked in crime audit together and it ended a couple of months ago. And how did it end? He didn't leave his wife. He made promises. Is that right? Yeah. What kind? That he would leave his wife. God, give me The issue here is that an allegation has been put forward by you, D.I. Denton, that somehow the Deputy Chief Constable has set you up to take the blame the ambush that happened on the night of September the 5th. Now, is that about the top and the bottom of it? Honestly, sir, I don't know. And you wouldn't have anything to substantiate this theory? Have you a little thing called evidence? It's just so darn good and well-written and surprising. There's no fault of this show that I can make. I can't fault no. this show in any area, really. I watched all three series as they were on. And I think pretty much because of my very early on uh, lapsing when um, when someone came back to the series and I had to learn it on Twitter and not online, not face to face. Yeah, I started watching it each week when it was on again. I learned very quickly that Life of Duty is not a show that you can miss when it's on Thursday nights at nine o'clock or whatever time no. it's on. This is kind of what the UK does a lot better than the US, I would say, is this idea of you have to watch it live because otherwise it's, you're already behind the news. And that's kind of mm. like the Broadchurch effect, wasn't it? Was you couldn't watch Broadchurch the day after because it would be ruined. And there is another yeah. show on my list that I think also, you know, is, a, is a, a great example of that. For me, Line of Duty is is pretty much great British television at its best. This FA1 was issued to AFOs at Southbury Police Station on the day of 13th of May of this year. You recognise that form? I do, sir. Is that your signature? It is, sir. Mm -hmm. According to the FA1, you were issued with a Glock 17 service pistol, serial number Mike, November 8746546, and 9x19mm Parabellum rounds. I was. No. Can you inform us as to how you personally became involved in Operation Damson? It was a real-time deployment authorised by the SFC. I travelled in the second vehicle, designated Victor Charlie 50, crewed by myself and the rest of my team. The rest of your team are AFO Victor Charlie 52, AFO Victor Charlie 53, and AFO Victor Charlie 54. We deployed to a holding position on one of four exit routes for the suspect and maintained radio contact with the operational senior AFO. For the tape, please confirm this was an inspector using the call sign Victor Charlie 41. Correct. Victor Charlie 41 notified me that the suspect was travelling towards us and authorised us to carry out a real-time intercept. Real-time intercept, yeah. Things get a wee bit fuzzy for me here, Sergeant. Maybe you could be a ray of sunshine and burn off the fog. Hmm? I'm waiting. So I'm waiting for a question. What the soup was asking you is how come, as per the statement given by Victor Charlie 4-1, you were ordered to... Not ordered. 
advised. But you went ahead and carried out the hard stop anyway. The suspect was travelling at high speed to an unknown destination with the intention of committing a gangland execution. Or so the intelligence said. The intelligence did say. And if that's wrong, sir, we'll take it out with them. Can we please just stick to a line of questioning that relates to Victor Charlie 51's actions? On you go, Sergeant. It'll help if I refer to the map in our folders. Document four. Travelling at high speed along Prince's Road, the suspect approached a line of parked cars with open road ahead. I was concerned if we didn't carry out the hard stop immediately, the suspect would get away. Oh, and that was your decision, was it? No, sir. It was the decision of the Strategic Firearms Commander, who designated the operational objective of preventing the suspect carrying out an act of lethal force, added to which, as police officers, it's a non-negotiable duty to protect the public. May I answer the question now? These aren't ordinary dramas. These are desert island dramas. I'm getting close to where I almost <laughs> want you to guess. And I, re I reckon... I reckon I reckon I, I reckon I can get three of the four. Yeah, four might be a bit tricky. Well, this is this is the one uh, that's, that's currently showing and is an obsession of mine. It's Game of Thrones. Yeah, In that case, I know you're three. three yeah, we got him. We got him. <laughs> we got him. I thought you might. I thought you might. I think this was the one. That we were unsure yeah. whether Game of Thrones would make it, weren't we, Luke? This is the biggest television show in the world at the moment and possibly ever for ratings and interest and, you know, and spoilers and downloads and everything you know i think we now have to very much consider the books very different from the shows i think the last two series of the game of thrones were showing you that the show is different it's, it's no longer an adaptation it's an interpretation of the books i think i'm obsessed by the books as well and the whole lore and the storyline it probably is the one tv show that does dominate my life right now if it's I'm a honest. hard question to answer, and I don't know how you're going to answer, and I hope you do give me an answer, otherwise I have to do an annoying edit. Yeah. But why do you think, what do you think shapes your taste in things? Why do you gravitate towards something more fantasy-based as opposed to something grounded in the... Not the real world, but sort of the... Because nothing's... Well, I think, I think in, my, in my formative teenage years, I did become a big reader of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. And, and, and I did like science fiction, the writings of things like Isaac Asimov uh, mm. and things like that, you know, who, who wrote things like iRobot and the Foundation series, a book series which I'm now reading for the fourth time. Again, it, you know, it fascinates me. So I think I've always been interested in the other world, the other side of it, you know, and, and you know, I, I won't just probably uh two other shows deal a lot with that that are coming up you know this idea that we're not alone but it, i don't believe in aliens or anything like that but i think they're a fascinating thing to read about in a drama or a science fiction setting you know i've never been the sort of person that likes a war movie or anything like that but show me a pitch battle between a lot of orcs and dragons and i'm i'm fascinated <laughs> i mean i can't comment but is it still it, as good I, I would i feel do you, I'll let Gary answer first, and then. Well, no, I'd, I'd be interested to hear what you say. As they bring in more and more characters, it gets a bit diluted. You have weeks where some of the big characters aren't even in an episode. Some weeks, the characters that are in an episode don't need to be there, but obviously all these actors have got contracts to appear in a certain amount of episodes. I mm. think this series, because it hasn't been based on any books, really, has sort of struggled. It still has had its moments, but... It's one that sort of comes and goes for me. Sometimes I can watch it straight through and then sometimes I'll have a bit of a break from it and be like a season behind and 
this season, you know, is the first one that I have sort of got into a routine of watching, oddly, even though I think it's one of the weaker ones. This series has been uh, panned a little bit, although the ratings are still yeah. very high. I still uh, enjoy it, but I just yeah, think yeah, yeah. that, it, I, you know I what think, I mean, you know where I'm coming yeah, from in terms there, of the story. There's definitely a, a, a camp of people that are book purists, or even old show purists, that are like, this season's not as good, they're not, mm-hmm. some of the situations aren't as obvious, and... There was an incident in the I last show. That, where... I would just say, like, there's some scenes that don't need to happen. And and on some scenes that don't make sense. You know, there's a whole storyline with one of the characters, Arya Stark, that a lot of people have been sh- absolutely shaking it's their Aya, heads. Aya, isn't it? Me. Aya Stark. And, and I, I'm included in that. You know, I, I don't understand the logic behind what the writers they have done. They just want to put a bit of parkour in there. Well, that's right. Yeah, that, it seems to me like they wanted a bit of action in a scene that didn't need it. But no, to me, I, I'm still a strong believer. And I have gone back and watched previous series again and found enjoyment in that. So I think this is one that when it's all finished in potentially two or three years, I will pick up and watch again as a box set. And I think that's that for me is one of the things. And it's the, certainly the feature of the top three where I've watched them more than once. was very hard to, to pick the order of these three i think i had number one down and i don't think either of you will be surprised by what number one is but i did no. go back and forth on two and three in the end i decided that number three is the <laughs> x-files okay i kind of for a long time thought i discovered this show <laughs> and told the rest of the world to watch it i remember it getting very little hype very little promotion and it was just on you know, it was just, we, you know, now we bring you the hit US drama, The X-Files. Um, I, remember the th- I have to say, I, I, I remember the theme tune being quite prominent mm. more so absolutely. than... Absolutely. It, it made the charts, the... I think, did it not? It did, didn't this it? This was or, in an or, or era remake, where, you, where I remember you could get X-Files stationery. You could have an X-Files pencil case, an X-Files, you know... Yeah, it, it I, was, I think it I was can a speak true for... phenomenon. The look on this, which I'll probably, I'll both of our uh, first exposure to the X Files came with that video, The Simpsons, uh, the Springfield. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who are you guys, anyhow? Agent Smolder and Scully, FBI. FBI, huh? Uh, excuse me. All right, they're on to us. Get them back to SeaWorld. Hello, children. I bring you love. Yeah, it's a monster. Kill it. Kill it! It's not a monster. It's Mr. Burns. Oh, it's Mr. Burns.
Jones. Kill it! Kill it! Where were you in your life then in 90s? Oh, I was when definitely... When did this start? 95? 95, 95. yeah. Uh, I was definitely still living at home, but I was probably... Where old was I in 95? I was about 20. So this was much-watch television. I, again, it was very much a case of you can't miss this. I remember... Uh, so 93... Well, as I say, it's a bit earlier than that, so maybe I was still at sixth form. Maybe, yeah, because I might have been just about 18. But when it aired in this country, I suppose. I'm not sure. I don't think it aired that later. I think the first series showed in America, and then we got it. Most of these things on your list, do you tend to watch solo? The next one on the list is one that I've enjoyed watching with my uncle. We've enjoyed talking about it and taking it apart. But this one definitely was one that I recommended to other people. This was the one, as I say, I think I, I found it. And went, this is so good, you should watch Your it. Your own personal discovery. Yeah, and, and I felt yeah. like I was the one going around at sixth form or, or wherever and going, have you seen the X-Files? No, oh, you really should watch it, it's great. Fancy the pants off Dana Scully as well. Um, it's not fair to say that she was a fairly attractive young lady. Um, <laughs> she was, I mean, she was like in FHM, wasn't she? She was the voted yeah. sexiest woman yeah. in the world. And the reason the show doesn't make the top two is because eventually everyone got a little bit tired of them not giving you any answers. And that was the whole thing. This was a suspense show. This was a R.A. Like yeah, in that sense. And because it never really gave you an answer, and even though it lasted nine series, and I say and has made two films and a comeback this year, even still, we've never really been given much answers, particularly the first five, okay, four, can five I just, series were very good. I found here air dates. First oh. time it aired in the UK was the, on the BBC was the 19th of September 1994. Uh, oh, Sky right. had yeah. it on the on the 26th of January 1994. And I, and I think okay. that would have been a time when very few people had Sky One. As someone who doesn't like sci-fi, I think it immediately puts you out of its audience. Not that it hasn't got a massive audience oh, anyway, yeah. but it wouldn't be something that I could go. You know what? I'll give the X Files a try because the minute they find an alien in a, in a you know, in a beer bottle or whatever they find. <laughs> the minute I that Mulder just... says, ah, oh, did you realise that aliens did this? Yeah, I mean, it became, it almost became, yeah. as you say, the, the Simpsons episode was a very yeah. good parody of the X-Files itself. And the other thing that struck me as a non-viewer, and I don't know where this perception of it comes from, was there any humour in the X-Files at all? Because whenever I turn yeah. it on, David Duchovny and Gillian uh, Anderson seem to be playing it so sort of straight-laced and dull. I never... You know, they I weren't very animated. There was a lot of dark humour. So there was a lot of black... You know, a lot of dark humour in the series. And there was a, a trio of characters called the Lone Gunman who were conspiracy theorist nuts who provided a lot of comedy. They were quite funny and, and actually ended up... I say One of the things as well that I would say about The X-Files is it is a show in which a lot of people can point to and say, ah, that's where that came from. And spin-offs out of the X-Files came out. There, there was, I say, The Lone Gunman. There was also another... that You could say that Millennium, uh, a serial killer show, was a spin-off of the X-Files, also written by the creator Chris Carter. Space Above and Beyond was another show that was written by James Wong and Dean Morgan, who were tow the writers. And, of course, Breaking Bad, written by Vince Gilligan, who was um, a, a lead writer on the X-Files for a couple of years. And also actually, The Simpsons. Also, yeah, and The Simpsons as well. Then there's a lot of people who were on the X Files. Did you know that Jack Black was in the X Files for a, for an episode? 
I think I, I read something about Cher recently or something. Yeah, well, there was a, a thing. There's a thing going around at the moment about she had a cameo cut, but they were quite happy with it because it meant that it, the episode worked a bit better or something. But I don't know if that was the new series or the later series. Did the most recent series spoil it for you, or did it just add more to the? No, because I think it worked as equal homage and new material. There were a couple of episodes that I looked. There was one with. Reese Darby playing an a you know bloke who turns into an alien and it was it was done for comedy but it was terrible um, mm. so you know there are there are some times when it doesn't work and and I think that was the point in every twenty four episodes of the X Files in a series there were a few stinkers so it it dated back to the sort of Star Trek ah uh, the one where they get stuck on the holodeck episode or the one where they go and nothing happens. You know, so there there was that element. I think that's the the downside of an American series. You know, length length. I think these aren't ordinary dramas. These are Gary's Desert Island dramas. Well, number two is the oldest show on the list, and it is Twin Peaks. Yeah, ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm on my fourth or fifth watch of this series. Pure and utter hype that made me watch this show. This thing exploded. I think, again, it was BBC Two. I I don't know why I think that, but it was certainly early BBC. And it was a hit in America because it was a big whodunit and there was a sort of like a a crazy cast and a a slightly strange storyline full of mystery and full of intrigue. America just got totally and utterly gripped. I think probably beyond the point of fanaticism. And I remember watching it when it was out over here and not fully kind of grasping and comprehending a lot of it. Only in probably my second or third watch did I sort of get a lot of the the plots and storylines that David Lynch was trying to put out there. It was, Gary, uh, BBC Two, you were right, in 1990 and 91. That's it, yeah. It is a show with a legend. In other words, there is more behind it than what you see. Conspiracy theory nuts, you know, and all the sorts of things that come out. People have their theories. There was, uh, again, series of spin-offs. There was a, a, a very bad, strange movie uh, called Firewalk With Me, and then there were sort of other documentaries and shows about it. There is a, a new series coming out next year. Now, is it HBO or Showtime? I think it's Showtime, isn't Showtime. it? Showtime. So where was Gary? I just and said was 90, Gary... 90, 91. 91. I probably just yeah. finished uh, GCSEs. I was not a popular kid at school, but I wasn't a, a bullied kid. You know, I was kind of a no, geek. no. So I was very much into comic books, sci-fi, uh, but I was also into sports and stuff like that. So I kind of flitted around all the different groups. It's in weird school, how you, know. you weren't bullied then, but you're bullied now on a yeah, well, almost weekly YouTube, basis so, yeah, on a if Thursday. I ever, <laughs> if I ever meet you, yeah, you're in for it, sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> that was that a threat. Like I'm going to record it. This was very much a recommendation by my uncle. You know, he, he, he yeah. and I certainly would consider this a show that he and I bonded over because we both loved it. We both watched it. We both watched it together. His original yeah. idea for a podcast that we first had when we first started talking about it was to rewatch um, Twin Peaks and do a podcast on it. There is this kind of fad. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now of re-watching old shows and talking about it, and there's an interest in that. Um, when you watch it now, do you think you watch it with a fondness of the time when you watched it the first? You know, you know what I mean? A little you know, when bit, you watch but I, something think, you I, think remember more, back. I think I watch it more with the nostalgia of, oh, I know what's coming, oh, this is so good. It was such a weird show to put in a genre because, you know, in the first few episodes, it was about a, a young girl who had been murdered in a small northeastern American town. And it was a, a murder mystery. But then you started to get this really weird elements. And in one episode, a little man spoke in a red room backwards. Hi, sir. I got good news. That's the what he's going to. But doesn't she uh, almost like that? Is it wash or farmer? This is an uncategorizable show sometimes. I mean, you could even say The X-Files is very influenced by Twin Peaks. But I think as well, the other thing that David Lynch did and Robert Frost, the other creator, did so well. Sorry, Mark Frost, my apologies. They took this idea of small town America. And I think, again, America is fascinated by the fact that it, it, America is such a vast country. Between the two coasts in the middle of the country, you've got thousands of these small little communities that are perceived as weird on the outside, and then this one does actually appear weird. If somebody's listening to this now, and they've heard you talk about Twin Peaks and your love for it uh, before, and they think it's the sort of show they would enjoy, even though we're going back to 1990, you would say it's still... Obviously, it's going to look like it's 1990. Obviously, it can't help that. But in terms of its... The, the way it's done and the story, you think there's still some... Oh, absolutely. I, I, think, I think of the shows that I've mentioned, it's the most timeless, even against number one. And that will become apparent when I talk about it. Even though, yes, the, the show is set in that period, it never dates. You know, there's not an over-reliance on early mobile phones or anything like that that would date it, which you do get in the X-Files when they pill out this huge laptop and put it down and go, right. <laughs> well, that's what spawned the first couple of the series of 24 the when they're, all, they're yeah. all obsessed with their Palm Pilots, and I didn't even remember what one of those was. Exactly. You know, and I think very one of the very first episodes of the 24, he gets a picture sent through to his phone, and it takes like 20 minutes to download <laughs> <laughs> and I remember thinking that, gosh, what a different time we live in, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like... I don't know whether 24 will be on Matt's list, because I think he's the only one of us who's watched it all, but it'd be interesting. You'd yeah, think, I've not watched. Retrospectively, through television, people talk about 24 as a show, and you'd think it would be on one of our lists. I think the reason I didn't put 24 is because the later series did, did really let me down, and I didn't continue past series 6. How do you feel about the new... Twin Peaks, though. I I'm mean, worried. Must, I mean, as I a fan, I'm, you must be intrigued, but worried I'm, as well. I'm excited and worried. There's a lot of old cast members coming back, which is good. And, and they will be Lynch, old. And then we've heard from David Lynch that he is going to create new characters and new storylines. He's going to put things into the show that got taken out by the network in the first series because it was on it was on ABC, wasn't it? They did have a lot of problems getting through things through uh, the uh, the censors. So he says he will include things which, which you know, he now doesn't have that restriction because it's on Showtime. So, yeah, I, I think it will be intriguing. But, yeah, I'm, I'm worried how it will 
not tarnish, but how it will make people think about Twin Peaks in general. And so we come to the inevitable end. Yeah, I reckon we could probably all say this as one. Is, yeah, is it ready? critical? No. It's not, oh, damn, I don't know what it is then. <laughs> it's not Undercover, what? no. Uh, Chronicles of Shannara. It... Uh, <laughs> it's not the Shannara Chronicles. Uh, is it Brazilian Isles? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Should we say, I feel like we could say this one together. Ready? One, two, three. The West, the West Wing. Wing. So not really together. No, uh, there's always a slight delay I, in scope. I, I did it after the one, two, three, and you two hung on. Didn't. <laughs> one, two, three, go. Not, you know, one, two, three. <laughs> well, you didn't say. Don't have a row. We've done so well up to this point. I now believe I'm on, I'm on my 10th or 11th viewing of this show. Yeah, no you've got so never many see other things now. to watch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, but I know. this is all making sense now, though, isn't it? It does, really sense. There was a period of time, whenever I had a day off ill, I would pop this on. And then I would watch all seven series. Not in one wow. day, obviously, but I'd be like, oh, no. I just want to watch another one. Obviously, this is the amazing political drama starring Martin Sheen, uh, Bradley Whitford, Richard Schiff, Alison Janney, which showed in America on NBC, which was based on the life of the American president, written by Aaron Sorkin, and kind of kicked off by his work on a film called The American President, which uh, a number of the cast... Sheen. Indeed, a couple of the cast members are actually in it. And Aaron Sorkin is a prolific writer. I'm also a fan of his other work. I'd have to reference Sports Night, The Newsroom, and Studio 60 on the Sunset We Strip, wondered I, whether any of those would make the list, didn't I, we? I decided well, that the, the Newsroom room would be yeah, on there. And yeah. I, I think possibly the only reason the Newsroom didn't is because it did get cancelled at the end and, didn't, and did fall off a bit. But certainly the first two series of the Newsroom I thought were very, very strong. If you're a fan so, of sports, I'd go recommend Sports Night because it's basically a, 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 another very they, well show. They did um, that more as a sitcom, if I remember. The first series had a laughter track. It did have a laughter track, and it is more comedy. And certainly, comedy is a big part of the West Wing but as the well. The laugh you know. track never fit in with it. If I, I just found the laugh track to be off. Yeah, a lot of people did. You can turn it off apparently if you buy the box set, which a lot, a lot of people have done. If I was a good person and I had time to go back and find all of your conversations on the podcast, I think the West Wing always slides in there at some point. You, <laughs> it's that you drinking, immerse it's that yourself. Drinking moment isn't yeah they drink up fans you uh, immerse when... yourself in this show it's not <laughs> just a tv show fans. isn't it yeah, yeah. <laughs> well you know yeah. they're out it must be drunk at <laughs> this but um it'd be like every time but... you mention dave Jarvu, you know is there a reason apart from the the writing and the cast is there a reason why for you it's always going to be top it, of it, the list it, it, a lot of it is the writing and the cast but i think as well um this is the first tv show that made me cry and this might sound a bit, you know, a bit, I want to say girly, but that's not the right phrase, a little bit soppy, but actually the warmth of the drama and the characters and how you get to know them and how they interact and the things that they say. And I think I've said it before that there's a scene in series three that just gets me every time I see it. You have said it at least three times. Yeah, I've I've said it, so I won't say it again. The beauty is at the moment there is a fantastic, if you're a fan of the West Wing, I highly recommend that you download the West Wing podcast. It's called the West Wing Weekly. And it's by um, a fan of the show and also one of the stars of the show uh, who played Josh. I think it's uh, Melina, isn't it? It's Josh Joshua Mel- Melina, who Joshua played uh, Will Bailey and was yeah. also in, he was in Sports Night and The American President. 
That's right. And he's also now in Scandal um, quite a lot as well. They're going back, going over each of the episodes and they're bringing stars of the show or writers or producers or music people into the show. And I think for me, the West Wing has the full package, the great cast, the great writing, stirring music and scenes. It is what kicked off my love of American politics. At the end of series one, when the president got shot, I think that was just so... That, that, I mean, like, you know, those incidents in America, you know, when Lincoln got shot, when Kennedy got shot, when Reagan got shot, they're part of Americana. You know, they live in the law. You know, the JFK thing is, is part, if you grew up, if you were part of it, that's just quintessentially an American thing. Because for me, I felt that it dipped in quality in the later seasons. A little bit. Especially, then, especially after Rob Lowe left it. I mean, he was certainly, apart from Marty Sheen, the biggest name going in. He was the name, in. wasn't he? He was yeah, the name and he was, led he was, the cast. He was expected that the show would focus more on him. In fact, one of the great things about the West Wing is that Martin Sheen was only supposed to be a bit part character in the first yeah. couple of episodes. In fact, that's why it was and Martin Sheen, wasn't it? That's right. And then he became, he just was so good that he became, you know, Aaron yeah, what, yeah, to I write him that, in more. At one time, did they consider not even having the president in it? Like, I believe so, yes. It. Before they cast Martin Sheen, they had consented sort of always having the American, having the president like a shadowy figure that just arrives and you know, or they go into the Oval Office and then he joins them and they cut to another scene, you know. Martin Sheen was just so yeah, damn cause... good and he just became... I mean, a lot of people in in that time would have voted for him over the presidents that they had. That over was one Bush. Thing. Yeah, that's the thing, is that he became such a good actor. People in America would have voted for an actual Bush. <laughs> yeah. Over, <laughs> over yes. Bush, I think, over at the time. The Bushes, yeah. They tapped into very much the, the, the Clinton administration stuff and the scandal that around him. Clinton, obviously, with the affair, with the, with the money problems and he things like that. He was the like first that. one where it really got in the media constantly, wasn't it? A- absolutely. And the media changed as well. That was the first. That was around the launch of and CNN. Alison Janney's character, CJ, who was the media officer, wasn't she? She was yeah, the press, press officer. officer. She was the, one of the biggest characters in this because of the media being so prominent in modern politics, and I think her character was probably my favourite, if I'm honest. These are Gary's Desert Island dramas. Oh, Josh? <laughs> yeah. The federal page of the Washington Post just called Carol to confirm that you're the Josh Lyman who stated on an internet website that the White House could order a GAO review of anything it wants. Without threatening the separation of powers, is what I was saying. You posted on a website? I was communicating with the people. Really? It's a crazy place. It's, it's got this dictatorial leader who I'm sure wears a moo and chain smokes parliaments. What did you go there for in the first place? It's called LemonLyman.com. Let me explain something to you. This is sort of my field. The people on these sites, they're the cast of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. The moo wearing parliament smoker, that's Nurse Ratchet. When Nurse Ratchet is unhappy, the patients are unhappy. You, you're McMurphy. You swoop in there with your card games and your fishing trips. I didn't swoop in. I came in exactly the same way everybody else did. Well, now I'm telling you to open the wardroom window and climb on out before they give you a prefrontal lobotomy and I have to smother you with a pillow. I'm Chief Bromden, yes, at this particular moment. I'm assigning an intern from the press office to that website. They're going to check it every night before they go home. If they discover you've been there, I'm going to shove a motherboard so far up your ass. What? Well, technically, I outrank you. So far up your ass! Okay. Okay? The dramas we couldn't live without. And then to end it, they actually then, um, for, you know, kind of like for written the modern era of American Mm. politics with Barack Obama. Not a lot of people will know that the character of President Santos or Congressman Santos was actually written based on President Obama's life as a congressman and how someone from an ethnic minority 
could become president. And then, of course, art imita- life imitated art when, of course, President, you know, Wasn't Obama became president. Josh years based later. on one of Obama's cabinet as well. One of no, no, no. Josh has been nominated as being based on a number of people. So oh, okay. yes, there probably was somebody, but yeah. he he'd been in the show since the beginning. So. Certainly, Alison Janice's character was based on the real-life um, press secretary, D.D. Myers. If you listen to this podcast, a lot of the storylines that were written were written based on real-life events. There's an episode in series one where they don't tell C.J., the press secretary, about India and Pakistan starting a war so that she won't tell the press. And that's based on a real incident that happened to D.D. Myers, where she walked in on some people talking in, in the Oval Office and they said, oh, no, don't worry, go to home, tell them there's no, no news. And they lied to her. So, do you enjoy political dramas now, or do yes, you just I, go, I, it's not no, as I, good as The West Wing, I can't watch it because it's just not as good as that? I do enjoy political dramas, I do like House of Cards, I do like, uh, I know you're going to take the mic, Madam Secretary. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, uh, I even enjoyed, <laughs> I even enjoyed the short-lived one-year series when a woman took over as president, which was called... Commander-in-Chief. Commander-in-Chief, thank you very much, with Gina... Davis. Yeah. It's great having met around, isn't it? Matt wondered whether Borgen might make your list. Mm. Borgen was on the also ran, but I think again... (laughs) Everything was on this also ran list. (laughs) Uh, Why didn't Borgen make it? Couldn't answer you that one, but that's I, I went with what I went with what the spirit of what we wanted. Well, to it's, it's your list. There's yeah. no right or yeah. Wrong there's no right or wrong all. answer, but Borgen was a strong consideration. If you'd like to compliment Gary on his list and agree, perhaps you just love Game of Thrones. You want to talk to him at the Gary Show uh, on Twitter. Who wants to go next? Is the question. Oh, I'm well, no, hold on, hold on. I'll go I'll, next. Matt goes I'll next. I'll ask the question. Hold on, hold on. I thought we said we go in this order, and I would go next. That's well, okay. I understood it. Okay. So how is your list going to differ in structure to Gary's? Do you think you're going well, to do Well, firstly, your... there, we share two shows on, on the list. Ooh, I think you can that one. Yeah. So, okay. So Gary, do you want to run okay, down your I... list again? Yes, run, run, run down, down again. I'll do five to one because we already did. I want to yeah, do all that's... ten. Do all ten. These are Gary's Desert Island dramas. So at ten is Murder One. Yep. At nine is Fringe. At okay. eight is Silk. At seven is The Wire. Five is Battlestar Galactica. Six. Six. Oh, what did I do wrong? Six is Battlestar Galactica. Sorry, yeah, six is Battlestar Galactica because six was in it. Ah, yeah, exactly. Five (laughs) is Line of Duty. At four is Battlestar Galactica. Uh, sorry, it's the other way around, isn't it? Sorry, yeah, five is Battlestar Galactica, four is Life. No, no, six is Battlestar Galactica. Six is Battlestar Galactica. Five was Line of Duty. And four was Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, that's it. Yeah. It's a good see, that's why you're here, Matt. Three, the X-Files. Two was Twin Peaks, and number one, the Fantastic Okay. So I now know the two that Matt's yeah. list shares um, with yeah, Gary's. My way is going to be doing it sort of chronologically, how these dramas first yeah. sort of came into my life, how they sort of changed, you know. Earlier on, there were two shows you I've were made a and decision, and I've okay. actually, I've had a thought that's changed the list again. So I'm going to, have <laughs> to go back. Let's do your it. list now. <laughs> I'm going to okay. go back to uh, it and have a look, because what I'm doing with my list as well is I'm trying to make it as different as possible so there are some shows on there that might you know if it was based have you got an equivalent to murder one in gary's where i don't think any of us have i think so now yes yeah Um, okay interesting but i've tried to make it varied so there's not many shows that are similar to each other as we said before this is 
things we could take. So, Gary, would you take these ten box sets and be happy watching them forever and ever? Yeah. Are you going to go on your island with all these shows? There is variety. There is uh, there's there's a lot of them. So yeah, yeah. I, I have thought again about the idea of what would I want to watch if all I had to watch was this. This is how I've structured okay. my list. For me, Hero Series 1 is a fantastic series, but the rest of it completely... Well, like 20, 24, Season 5 was probably the best season. Disagree, Series 2, but you know, we'll argue... We'll, we'll, we'll arm I like Season 2. I, I'm surprised you didn't say, because Season 5's got the whole sort of president, the dodgy president storyline. Well, yeah, but you know... I, 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 I thought you'd love then, that. I, I did like it, but I didn't love it. No, I, I thought that was the best season, then probably season two and then season one. What's weird is that of the of the also-rans, there are also only two British shows, one being um, Broadchurch and the other being Endeavour, which I'm, which did come very close to being on the list. Do you think your view on British TV has changed? Or yes. do you think... I will watch and enjoy more British drama now only... through the podcast. There's four British shows on my list. Right. Of 10? Of 10. Ah, uh, yeah, but some of them could be Scandinavian, Mike, uh, Matt, or Luke, whatever. Luke, <laughs> yeah. Luke. You may not know what you're watching, but you don't know who we are either, so no, that's fine. Might, yeah, I'm, I'm consistent in my ignorance. Bosnia and Herzegovina, you never know. It's, Homeland it's like, Series it's... 1 was amazing, you didn't think yeah, about? Yeah, I, I tell you what, 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 the thing that, I suppose, the story behind Homeland for me was, at the point of which Homeland was coming out, I was watching a lot of the American upfronts, which we've always talked about on this podcast, and yeah. the train, just my jaw hit the floor of how good it was. And yeah. actually, I remember I there was being smack... a leaked version of the pilot, because I watched that. Oh, did you? A lot of people say that, you know, the pilot episode of The West Wing is very different to episode two. And it is because it was made three, four months beforehand. Because there's no way in America that a show gets made without the pilot being watched by American executives. There were some surprises on there. That is Gary's Desert Island. We will leave him to his box sets. Probably going to go and watch The West Wing again, probably. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you need the other nine box sets, do you? In all honesty, you could probably just take The West Wing and be quite happy. As long as I can have the extra commentary, you know, to keep it fresh. So we'll do Matt's list next, which at the moment, as it stands, only has four British shows on it. We'll only have four British shows on it. Oh. Is that a conscious decision or is that no. just how it turned no, out? No, no, no. You can ask him I can't. I want to do his list. I'm not lying. <laughs> well, okay. Let's, <laughs> oh, cra- let's crack on. <laughs> yeah, and now Matt's list. <laughs> We've only got 90 minutes. We could do another It's minute. only been <laughs> an hour and 27 minutes of Gary yeah. so far, so that's yeah, fine. Take care. We will be back with Matt's Desert Island Dramas next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes for the latest episodes of the Custard TV podcast. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.